Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared. At Edwards & Associates PC, our business is the business of dentistry. For help or more information, visit our website at enassociates.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond Bite Wings. My name is Ash, and here in the studio we have Robert. Good afternoon. And over a Zoom phone call, we have Joe McGregor, whom we've had previously in one of our other episodes. He's a prominent attorney, and we actually have a few, let's just say, staff-related questions for Joe that we will be asking him today during this episode. So, Joe, how are you? I'm doing well. How are the two of you? Well, we're looking forward to the weekend, that's for sure. <laughs> I know, I can't wait. <laughs> All right, and there's three of us. Good. Well, we, we've had a lot of questions, and I've, I'm sure you've heard a lot of questions, too, from dental staffs around Absolutely. the country and around North Texas, uh, specifically having to do with the, you know, the, the vaccine and what can my employer demand of me and what am I required to disclose to him? And, and I, I don't know where to start. What kind, of, what kind of advice do you have for the, the, the dentists uh, out there that have a, a staff? I mean, I don't have a specific yeah. question, but... I, I do down the road, yeah. I know. I have one question. Though. Okay, one, go ahead. One, one big question, which is, as an employer, can I require all my employees to get vaccinated for COVID? Yeah, so um, that's a fun question. This is a question <laughs> that, that we also also get. Now, on, on the surface, the answer is pretty simple and straightforward, which is yes, you can Now, with everything in law, there's always exceptions and caveats, and and, and that's probably what we're going to have to talk a little bit about. And so so maybe, Ash, yes, the answer to your question is yes, and then then Robert, maybe the place to start is talking about those exceptions. And I, I think when we talk about something like this, it's important for everyone because 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 I know that there will be listeners who are not just in Texas. That's it's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about yeah. states other than Texas? Yeah. So so maybe we'll start with the uh, with the general framework. In in a weird way, you kind of have to talk about like how American law ha- has been formed theoretically, and and you know we could we could talk for days about how true this is or is not. But theoretically, states make their own laws. Right. Mm -hmm. And we theoretically volunteer certain laws to apply across the board. And and that's the the, the people, the good people there in D.C., they create laws that should apply uh, across the board. But every state's allowed to to make their own rules. And the reason that's important is because from from the very get go, when we're talking about dental offices, most dental offices are small businesses. Mm-hmm. And in order to give the federal government the authority to make laws for us, for the most part, they're making laws that are not for small businesses. They're they're doing things that, that one of the reasons that they're able to make laws is uh, commerce that goes across state line. And then there are other 
reasons, but that's the one we probably care about the most. And so when we look up and we, when we talk about a rule like this, what we're doing is, is we're looking for who has authority to say, yes, you do. Yes, you can create these rules about vaccines or, or no, you cannot. And there are essentially two, two groups of authorities. And the first one's the state. So you, every single person has to look at their own state. Here in Texas, we have uh, one state rule that has applied, that has passed and been signed by the governor. But there are three other laws that relate to, to vaccines and, and whether or not you can, uh, can allow them. There are three more up for bid. So uh, this, by the time this gets published, who knows? Well, actually, I think they just finished the legislative session. But, but anyway, point is, is this is going to change. And it's highly politicized at the moment, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but Texas's rule says, hey, if you are basically, I guess to make it simple, you can't require vaccine cards. But there, the other rules are saying, no, you can't even say, like one in particular is saying, you cannot force your employees to get vaccines. So the answer to this will change state to state. I know Montana has had, they're, they're pushing to, to make this, make, you know, change, change my answer. And, and just really quickly shifting over to the federal side, when we're looking at, at things like who, who makes the rules here, well, EEOC and, and, and some of these rules, or the organizing bodies and, and rule makers, these apply at different levels. This is where it gets kind of complicated, where a lot of what we're talking about only applies to, to businesses that have 15 or more employees. And so sometimes we look on the internet, can I allow my, or can I force my employees to have vaccines or not, well, you might find something that actually doesn't apply to your business of six, 14, or, or whatever. So anyway, with all of that being said, at the end of the day, yes, the, the law, I guess I should say law does not prohibit an office from insisting that if you are going to return back to physical work in the office, uh, that you must have a vaccine. Okay, but the current law doesn't prohibit that but you're saying these three laws that are in the works may prohibit that later that is right right that's right we may have to record a different podcast robert uh, <laughs> to, to change what we what we just because because the people who have that authority are are actually talking about it at the moment now i don't i don't know if this answer is going to get changed it looks like the the the, the places where there's the more political will to do something is trying to prohibit the, the quote unquote vaccine vaccine passports. And so that's where, where most of the target, then that's an easy thing to, to, to pass. It appears. And some that relate to doing business with the state. Now, the reason that that dentists may care about that is if you're enrolled in Medicaid and you're getting, you know, that's one of your third party payers, well, there's a question of whether or not a law like that would, would implicate because it, it basically one of the proposals is like you can't if you are insisting that your employees be vaccinated, then you basically can't do business with the state. So and, and uh, you know, this is one of those things, that, this law that's happening in mid process that uh, sometimes we don't we don't have answers yet for all the uh, minutiae that that would happen so the, the best hope for our audience here is that something like that doesn't pass because I, I do think that that's a possibility well and as you said the legislative session here in texas just ended so if these three laws are taken back up by the next session 
What's the timing on that? I don't know. I actually don't know when exactly they regroup, but I do know that one of the bills has, has appears to have um, met met approval in in both houses in the Texas. Texas is the capital. Looks like like yeah, some of the other states may be uh, a little further along though. Okay. So you think if something changes in Texas, it might be in the fall? That's what I think. Okay. Yeah. If, if it, if it changes at all, you know, I think that, um, like I said, it's highly politicized and it's going to be about momentum and whether or not these are going to be priorities when, when the lawmakers return. Okay, let me ask you this. As an attorney, uh, it may be too early for this, but have you seen any cases where the employer required the vaccinations, the employee refused, was terminated, and then filed a wrongful termination lawsuit? So I haven't seen any yet, but that is a possibility. Now, the state of Texas, and and I think for the most part, most, most most of the listeners here, that theoretically could happen and you would make the argument your your argument in a dental office is that everyone is in close contact with each other there's not a lot to do in a dental office that isn't in relative proximity to your coworkers it's very difficult and to be socially distanced in a dental office yeah right yeah. right exactly in in you know we're not talking about corporate offices that may have a call center or, or whatever. We're talking about the traditional office that has, right. you know, a handful of operatories and, and stuff like that. And therefore, cause, cause there does, mis- does need to be, you know, you know, a business interest in, in having this. And of course you're saying, well, it's because we come into close contact. And if I lose my staff, one or more of my staff that actually impacts my business. And, and so, um, I don't anticipate that, very many people will win those con- those lawsuits, those wrongful terminations. I think that it, it seems to be pretty clear that that an employer can terminate someone for refusing to get a vaccine. I, I, I think there's enough literature out there to say they, they can. Now we haven't, this hasn't, this is not old enough to know under what, you know, what are all the circumstances that someone could win a wrongful termination case, there are two primary exemptions from something like this. One is whether or not you have a disability that, that may prevent you from getting the vaccine and the other being a firmly held sincere religious uh, belief about, about the, getting the vaccine. So, okay. And, and so, so I, I think the only times you would lose a wrongful termination is when you fail to make a reason what they call a reasonable accommodation for uh, one of those two. Okay, so here's sort of a, in my mind, a logical follow-up question. If the employer terminates the employee because they refuse to get the vaccine, and then later the rules change, would the employee then bring the lawsuit under the new law, or is that not permissible since he fired the person under the old law? Yeah, we would track the basically the calendar when it happened. It, it was permissible. Lawmakers could go back and say, hey, if someone, they could theoretically say, hey, you could go back and, and chase after your employer. That's that's not very common. Okay. Okay. So, so to some degree, it sounds like the employers 
have some rights and are at least to some degree have some legal protection. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, the overall idea here is that they probably have more legal protection than than you would expect. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Ash, do you have anything to add? Yeah, just one other thing. I know he had mentioned about the two exemptions. I've also heard of certain employees that are pregnant that may yeah. sometimes refuse to take the vaccine because they think there's not enough uh, research out there to talk about the mm-hmm. long-term effects on, you know, the infant or the fetus that's growing inside them. Right. There's, a lot, right. Of ru- there's a lot of rumors right. about, yeah, the vaccines actually making people sterile. Right. Okay. So I, you know, my understanding, of course, I'm not a doctor, right? So <laughs> I, I don't know the, 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 the veracity of, of the claims about sterility. I, from what I understand, you know, my our medical practice here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe that those are valid exemptions. I, 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 I wouldn't say illegitimate, but I, okay. I, from what I understand, it's not, it's, it's not a, it's not a real thing. However, the pregnancy is indeed one of the exemptions for, for better, for better, or for worse, we do consider pregnancy to be a disability. Oh. And, and reasonable, <laughs> reasonable accommodations uh, would be made. So that's that's someone from a, from a very practical matter. I see. You wouldn't push that on a pregnant employee because they're probably going to win uh, that that lawsuit. You you would be now. We could get into the weeds about how someone you know how if you just insisted on letting them go. I actually think that dental offices, you know, like we were talking earlier, everybody works in close proximity to each other, I actually think you have a claim for still terminating that person. So even though there's an exemption, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't do it. It just means that you're required to make an accommodation for that person. So for instance, if there was a way to allow that person to work without interacting with the other people in the office, and that's why I think it's a little impractical in a dental office, but if, it, if it's, a, it's, a, it's a dental assistant, then mm-hmm. you might not be able to make a reasonable accommodation mm-hmm. for the dental assistant. But if it is someone who just handles insurance claims, maybe you can. And so that's where it gets a little a little dicey. But but yes, pregnancy is considered a disability as far as this conversation is concerned. Is it legal for employers to offer incentives to their staff to get vaccinated? It is not illegal. And, and I would almost argue that that's probably the, the easier legal way to approach this. But, but it, it does come down to the business owner because there's a difference between saying, I insist that every single person who works have the vaccine. And I think it's a good idea that as many possible employees have the vaccine. And, and it just happens to be an, an approach and it's a business decision. But but yes, offering incentives is a is, is a valid approach. So, and you know, one thing before I forget, one thing that that probably doesn't apply to dental offices, but but arguably applies, and something that you would want to look up in your state. But there are sometimes requirements that if you're going, if you are going to force people to get a vaccine, you're required to make accommodations for them to go get it, like. Like they, I, I think there's an argument that if they take two hours to go get the vaccine, then they could do that on the clock. So, okay, okay, good to know. Good. 
Very important. Ash? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was also thinking about this other thing. So let's say you've been, you know, you've made it mandatory for all your employees to go get vaccinated for COVID. Is it okay for the employer to ask for the vaccine cards as proof to see if they've actually gotten vaccinated? 100%. It is absolutely okay. But it, one important issue here is that if you're going to keep record of that, uh, you know, to, to, to document it in some way, mm-hmm. it is not okay to put this uh, with personnel file. Oh. So it has to be kept in a separate file or just you know, exposure of confidential information, confidential health information. Oh. It's not, it's not directly a HIPAA issue it, it, because they're not your patients. So it's a little bit different, but, but the ADA uh, Americans with Disabilities Act and, and some of these other tangential rules, uh, they come prepackaged with their own confidentiality rules. And that is one of them. I see. So, so you are allowed to ask for a copy of, or, or some proof that they were vaccinated. That is correct. Okay. Yep. You, I, I mean, everything probably bears mentioning that basically everything that we're talking about here falls under that. You could, you know, if you, I, I think the days of testing, have, have probably gone away, but but that falls under the same rules. So if you you know you can you can do thermometer checks, but if you're going to keep data on that, you have to put it in that you have to keep the data. And you have to put it somewhere that's not with the personnel file. So like a separate medical file or something. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Very relevant information today. So, Ash, do you have any further questions? And, Joe, do you have anything else you want to add before we wind up? No. I, I don't think so. Like I said, it's a little bit more straightforward than I think uh, a lot of people realize. But, again, it, it would be wise to consult local rules. And, and also, it sounds like still developing. The law on this is still developing. Right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this this episode may come with a uh, with a short expiration so uh, <laughs> okay. but, but that that is how this works that is how this works and and that's that's what keeps the lawyers employed if it always changes <laughs> there's always a job the full employment act <laughs> there we go hey we we uh, we know how to look after each other <laughs> <laughs> right okay ash anything else no that was that was it i think joe covered pretty much everything that i had on my mind and this list in front of me with all the questions super okay joe thanks very much for being with us today hey thank you guys absolutely ash, appreciate it thank you yes it was a pleasure and again our fellow listeners if you guys have questions please feel free to reach out to us at info at e and associates.com it's always a pleasure to hear from you guys and we look forward to our next episode thanks for listening today be sure to subscribe to beyond bite wings on your favorite podcast platform For more info, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.